If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome out to episode 95 of the Game Time Guru podcast. We are two years strong running with this podcast every week, new episodes. If you are new to the show, it's like your first time listening, totally fine. I appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to go and hit that subscribe button, whether you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. That way you can go back and listen to some of the previous episodes, as well as get the notifications for future episodes that we push forward. Every week we're bringing on new guests, we're talking about new topics, so make sure to check it out. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, today's guest is going to be really special. It's someone I've been trying to land for quite some time. He's, He's a local basketball legend. He played at Boise State University. We've had a few of them on the show, and he's still continuing to leave his mark here and sharing his knowledge of the game of basketball by helping out the youth, and we'll go into more detail with that. So the reason I think it's so awesome, though, is because, you know, when you see someone, I've learned this with my current job, right, and and just kind of what we're doing. This is why I do the podcast, right? If you see somebody that's an expert in their field, and they have this knowledge or this passion, and they don't share it with the rest of the world, I think that they are robbing the world of their goodness because people need to hear what they have to say. And I know that kind of sounds cocky, but I, I feel like with my podcast, I'm able to share my passion with the rest of the world. Now, while it may not resonate with everybody, there are some people that actually really enjoy it. So I'm sharing my passion and people get to hear that and it blesses the lives of others. And this is the same concept with our guest. He is he has such a, a strong skill set um, when it comes to basketball. And it's not just basketball, it's life lessons too. And you'll hear about that in our interview. You know, th- this individual went through some difficult life you know, experiences, you know, we're talking, you know, family members lost. Um, and then he had to battle through injuries and adversity through, you know, his, his career. And, and still like, he's able to relate to, to younger individuals because he has that experience. And so he's now making his mark here in the Valley by helping with the youth. And, and I want you guys to listen in and hear it from him, not from me. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on our guest to the show and let you guys hear this, uh, it's an amazing interview, one that I've been waiting for for a long time, and I'm just super, super pumped to have him on the show. So if you're just doing cardio right now at the gym or something, whatever you're doing, just sit back, relax, and hear from our guest today. It's Booker Neighbors. He's a local basketball legend. I hope you guys enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Time Guru Podcast. As I mentioned in the introduction, we've got an amazing guest on the show today, and I'm honored to have Booker Neighbors joining us. He's a local legend, and he's a local legend for a reason. His name's out there. People know him, and you're going to get to know his story. So, Book, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Shane. Appreciate it. For, for sure, man, for sure. And, you know, Booker, you, you played for Boise State, but I want to start, before we get into that story, before the, the days of Boise State, you had the honor of playing for one of the greatest programs and arguably one of the greatest coaches, for that matter, here in Idaho, um, in basketball anyways. And I want to know what you learned. What did you learn from your time at Bora High School way back when? Oh, man. that's uh, You're giving me goosebumps with that one. Yeah, my, my decision to, to go to Bora, um, it was definitely intentional, man. I, I grew up in southeast of Boise. I went to Liberty Elementary in White Pine and then actually attended uh Lavoie when it was Timberline for the first two years um however it's when I, I really started making the, the the turn and the commitment to hoops and um I just both my brothers actually went to Boise High they were football players but I um 
for some reason, and, and it was kind of on my mom, she, she, she wasn't pleased with the athletic program, and, and we knew Bora had some things going on. So we trans- I transferred up to the bench, up to South, my ninth grade year, city champs. Um, shout out to all my South boys. And then, uh, and then we had a really good team. And then, um, yeah, it enabled me to go to Bora, where um, I was pulled up onto the sophomore team or the varsity team. Um, actually started on, on the sophomore team. We went over to Madison and Rigby and, I had a really good weekend. I think I had like 38 and then like 41 or something like that. And then Coach Kida yanked me right up, and um, the rest is kind of history. So, um, yeah, it was. I look back on that career, particularly my, my junior year um, at Bora is one of my, my favorite seasons of, of basketball. Man, we went 21 in a row straight into the, the state championship where, unfortunately, we came up a little bit short. But um, it was always so much bigger than basketball with, with Coach Kida. Man, he uh, – we have a super special bond. In fact, we just had lunch uh, two days ago. We still get together all the time. But uh, and it, it was bigger than basketball. When, when I think about Bora, I think about hard nose team defense chemistry. I mean, our, our team we were six or seven deep, um, and all six or seven of us averaged eleven points, ten, eleven points, double figures. We didn't have one guy on that team that year that was just a stud. And, and I think you see that in a lot of sports. I think when you see teams where you know they might have one kid stand out and have my senior year, I was the same way. We had, you know, I averaged 22, 22 points, but we, we weren't nearly as good as we were the, the year before. So um, life skills, man, I, I had gone through a tough time with, with a family situation and a sick sibling, and uh, Coach Kata was there for me um, through that and, and really showed me just this unconditional, compassionate, you know, understanding, love that, that really I consider him more like a father than, than anything, than a coach. He's just a great, great man. That's insane, man. Because I hear all the stories about uh, the guys over at Bora. There's a lot of a lot of players who have gone through, you know, at Bora High School specifically for Coach Kata because of not only the basketball skills they learn, but the life lessons that they learn. And it's cool to see it. We'll get to this in a little bit, but you know, you just mentioned you still have a relationship with him 20 years later. It's it's just insane. You know, that's the kind of coaches that leave a, an impact on your life. You see those, you know, we all grow up playing our sports. Anybody who's listening here is probably a sports fan. So we play our games, you know, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, soccer, whatever it may be. And you have good coaches and you have bad coaches. And the, the best coaches, I think, that, you know, you, you have are the ones who build those relationships. And it's, like you said, bigger than basketball. It's more than basketball. And I think that's awesome. It's more than the sport itself. And Coach Kata definitely... Definitely left his mark here in the not only the Treasure Valley but the whole state of Idaho for that matter. Now, Book, you you kind of took your talents. You were always a solid basketball player coming up through high school, and you took those talents to the Division One level at Boise State University. And um, I kind of followed you guys' as team. It's weird. It's weird because I was younger, obviously, but I always followed Boise State basketball um, from the late uh, '90s when Berto was playing all the way through now. So, like, I always just was a, a huge fan of Boise State basketball, not just because I grew up here, but because I just love the program. And it was cool to see, you know, the people coming in. And, and I remember your guys' whole your whole squad from the time you got there, from the time you left, and the different players that came in and out. Um, and it's crazy. One of the things that I noticed about you, Book, is you were always an efficient scorer. Like you shot, I believe, I think you averaged over 40% from the field during your career at Boise State, if I'm not mistaken. And that's pretty dang efficient if, you know, if you know this game of basketball, anything over 40% is unbelievable. So I want you to explain like the growth you experienced as a player and as a man from your freshman year through the end of your uh, collegiate career at uh, Boise State University. Yeah, man, it was, it was quite the journey. You know, it's, it's something I I try to, I try to convey that to my young players these days that, 
you know, as we're in the moment in college, you think it's going to last forever. And then you look back in the grand scheme of life and it, it goes by just like that. But for me, man, it was super special. You mentioned, you know, growing up and following us, you know, I followed Bruno. He was a senior at Boise State when I was a senior in high school in, in 99. And, um, you know, I grew up watching Tanaka Beer and Lance Vaughn and Steve Shepard and, and, and Shambrick Williams and, and Roberto and all these guys. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm one of them. And it was, it was just, it was amazing. And it's, it was kind of divine how, not kind of, it absolutely was the divine how it happened. My brother was student body president at Boise State my, the year before I got there. And uh, unfortunately he, he fell um, pretty sick. And um, it, it was a tough thing to, to deal with when I was making my decision on, on where I was going to go. I didn't have a ton of offers, but definitely was important to stay, stay close to home for that reason. And so, um, I ended up having to walk on. Um, unfortunately, that's one thing that uh, I don't really agree with or, or didn't like at the time. You know, Abe and, and, and a lot of the local boys like us, we, we, they expected us to walk on because, you know, we're local guys, which we did. Um, and then I wasn't offered a, a scholarship um, even after that year. Um, luckily, one opened up, so I was going to transfer. I actually went up to Walla Walla with my mom and and we were in the coach's office, Ryland, and there were some other local guys from, from the area um, that were going to go there. So we would have had a, a, a really good team. But, um, you know, like I said, it was kind of divine how it happened. One opened up, and then I ended up going from a walk-on to transferring to starting the following year. And then um, the rest is kind of history. It was just uh, an amazing story of, of ups and downs. And, you know, I, I had really, really good uh, seasons. My freshman and sophomore year fell uh Fell under, had a couple of injuries between my sophomore and junior year, so my role had changed and my minutes had changed as well. And um, the, the, you mentioned the efficiency; it still had to be there because my minutes were limited. So I was very conscious of, you know, when I was in the game, um, I had to, you know, help my team and lift them up because I didn't know how much I was going to play, whatever the case was. And so that, that was very important to me. But um, you know, getting a degree. Obviously, the relationships that were formed during my time at Boise State, um, my my brother, Brian DeFerris, um, you know, he's still here in town. And, and, you know, we went through all four years together. Um, Joe Skiffer, Scott Fraser, Daphne, you know, these guys are my brothers. And that's the beauty of basketball. Not only was it able to, you know, afford me a, a free education, I was able to travel, you know, all over the country. And then some of my lifelong uh, friends and, and brothers um, were brought into my life. So, just so much um, that I'm thankful for for that experience, man, to play here in my hometown and, and just all the things that it afforded me for sure. Man, that's super cool. It's just it's cool hearing the names too that you're you're dropping right there. And BD is definitely one of them uh, because you know he's he still plays around here in the valley, and so do you. So it's kind of cool to see these former players that are still playing and just having fun and doing their thing. Because I remember those days. Now, of all the memories you have, book, what was your favorite memory at Boise State? If you could name one, I guess there's probably a ton, but. Yeah, there's. I'll, I'll give you a couple, man. Just because um, there, there was, there, there's a few. There's a few. There were so many great, great games that we played in. But I, I'm not gonna lie, man. My freshman year, um, so my redshirt year, all right. Boise State had somehow uh, struck up an agreement for Cincinnati to come in, and this was when Cincinnati had oh, Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin, <laughs> they're number two in the nation, and and it was the first time since back in the day that. Uh, I, I will always call it the pavilion. I know it's Taco Bell Arena, whatever the case is, but to me it's the pad. It's the pavilion. And uh, and so it was completely sold out. And I'm seeing all these, you know, NBA players there. And so that was pretty special. So the, part of that 
uh, deal was the following year we went to Cincinnati. So my first, the first two games of my collegiate career at Boise State, we played Cincinnati and we came back through Kansas. And so Kansas, I mean, it was unbelievable. They had play. I mean, obviously it was sold out, but they had uh, students camping out for our game. It's just that crazy. And to see, you know, Dr. James Naismith's court and Roy Smith, and they had seven NBA players, Drew Gooden, uh, Kirk Heinrich, Chenoweth. I mean, all these guys, it was just absolutely unreal. So I will never forget that. That ranks far, far up there. Um, let me think. What else? I'm mean, obviously my, my, uh, the first game that I started, you know, that, that, that first home game that I came out and, you know, I could just feel, feel my brother was there with me and that's what, what, his dream always was for me to play there. So that was very special. And then, you know, senior night, man, I, I, I'll never forget, you know, walking off that court into the locker room the last time. And, you know, we just sat there and you look around and you don't want to take that Jersey off because you can't believe this unbelievable ride has, has come to an end. But, uh, but yeah, those are a few, um, my senior year, we went to the third round of the NIT. We're one game away from, from, uh, making it to Madison square garden. But unfortunately we ran into uh Diener from Marquette, who was also an NBA player and, and he, he lit us up, but yeah, man, there was some, some pretty, pretty amazing experiences there for sure. And I remember that NIT run as well. I th- did you, was that the same year that you guys had to play at the Idaho center because they yeah. had a conflict? Yeah. Okay. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Milwaukee against Bruce Pearl and everything fled through his freaking blazer. But, uh, but yeah, we, we got that win and, and it was awesome. The, 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 the town, we had to take the court out there, but the town showed up and they supported us and sold out there and, I think we ended up winning by like, like a bucket or or two or something like that. Yeah, yeah, y'all were y'all were crushing them at first. They made a, a strong comeback. I was at that game. It was insane, dude. I was at the first one y'all played at the at the well the pavilion, but then you guys got to the second round, and I was like, man, that was super cool run. I love that squad you guys had. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely, man. That that's super cool. And then as you're talking about the Cincinnati game, the the one that was here. I remember I was in sixth grade, which is crazy now that I'm thinking about it, but I was in sixth grade, and that was the same day as the Humanitarian Bowl, and I believe it was the game against um, Louisville that we ended up winning, and then I remember running back home with my uncle and then jetting back to <laughs> to the stadium down there, so it's going back and forth just to watch it. I mean, even though it was like a 30-point blowout, it was still one of it the coolest was, experiences. It was. It was. I mean, <laughs> it was would have been cool if the, the – the 12,500 people there to, to watch us, but I, I think I probably wouldn't say, I mean, I was a fan of that game as well. Just, uh, Kenny Martin had 18 points, nine dunks, something like that. It was just unreal. Unreal. <laughs> Man, yeah. I remember a couple uh, backboard, like, shakers there. One was an inbounds pass on the baseline. That was oh, an yeah, alley-oop. Yeah, <laughs> out of bounds play. Man, it is insane. Now, now, Book, if you were to go back and you have all these awesome memories, I want to know who – the the okay so which teammate of yours at Boise State had the largest impact on your life? You've referenced a few of them. I just want to know which teammate had the largest impact for you. Ooh, biggest impact! Wow, man, that's a that's a deep question. I think um, I don't know if there's one single player. I mean, um, if there's one one person I, I really admired and, and respected his his just hard hat mentality was, was Joe Skifford, just because he wasn't the most uh, offensively gifted I, I guess uh player but but his leadership his um you know competitiveness his defensive just grit i mean night in and night out i said that about his offense but he was um i think he at one point led boise state the the history of, of guys with games started as well as 
you know, minutes played just because you had to have him on the court. He he was just he knew how to play one way and that was hard and night in and night out he's guarding the, the best guy on the other team. So Joe's just uh he's just a, a defensive beast out there. He's just just a great understands the game. He's he just a, was a great teammate. So so definitely Joe Skiffer. Uh B D was was one as well, as much as if he hears this, um he he's probably one of the best players that, that I've ever played against as well. Just just uh an unbelievable competitor, clutch. I don't know. He had several game winners uh, at, at, at Boise State while we were there. Um, so, so that team. I mean, my my senior year, just uh, you know the the chemistry that we had. Um, we all had each other's backs. We were boys off the court, on the court, um, and and we wanted to bring out the most of of each other in our in our games. And and I think we did that. So pro- probably those two were were the two that probably had the most most impact uh, I would say on me uh, as I was there that's awesome man it's it's cool to hear that and just hear the the detail from your perspective now uh, when I when I left I, I left the country for two years to serve a mission for my church and I left in 2008 when I returned in 2010 um, I went to you know I played in the the BAM Jam 2010 I was, I was like oh cool we have a three-on-three tournament back in Boise because when I was gone like before I had left we didn't have it so they had launched BAM Jam before I had gotten home so I was I went to go play in 2010 and I remember you know when I started going and you know still competing here in the valley and and just seeing some of the the local guys one of the things I noticed is th- this was like insane but I was like dude I saw you and a couple others but I was like book is I don't know if this is even possible, but he's like even better than he was in college. It was insane. Like your game even improved that much more. One of the things I noticed was like your footwork and your defense was unbelievable. I remember like the way that you'd play defense and your your arms, like people couldn't cross over because you had your hands in there all the time and your footwork was unbelievable. Now, did you model your game after somebody specifically or did you kind of just want to do your own thing and you just worked hard? That's a good answer. I appreciate you noticing that because um... – Due to due to father time man, and, and and injuries and things like that, I had I've had to change my game quite quite a bit. So believe it or not, and I know again, if BD, you'll never believe this. He always gives me gives me a bunch of flack. But I used to be a slasher and be able to be a bit springy. You know, I, I wasn't you know like Justin Lyon just flying all over the place and things like that. But I could I could dunk and, and bang out if I had a breakaway and stuff like that. But um, due to my knee injuries and things and and. Uh, I, I wasn't able to get by anybody anymore for, for a couple of years. You know, I, after my surgery, it's all you kids out there. If you ever, if you ever have to have to go that route, make sure you do physical therapy because I, I did not do that. And it, it really set me back. And then I tried to come back too soon. It just wasn't the, the same player. I couldn't stay in front of anybody. So after college, man, I, uh, I had to take a couple of years off just to let my, my knees heal up. And then I got a job at bodybuilding.com. Um, Cause I, I didn't go play as I initially thought after uh and so i learned a lot about supplementation i learned about a lot about the gym the weight room and, and just got bigger and stronger and uh the carryover that that had onto the court is absolutely uh real and absolutely tremendous and um it was able to to get me back into um kind of the 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 player that i was you know years back in, in a different kind of way and so i really became a smarter player and understand understood that um, you don't necessarily always have to get to the rack. And, you know, like I said, with my knees, I wasn't able to. So I really tried to develop um, a, a, a my mid-range game. And that's kind of my specialty um, this day. This, these days is just, you know, stopping short, stopping pop. You don't always have to get there. And I think that's kind of a lost art. You'll get Sam Cassell or like Richard Hamilton or, or guys like that that really perfected that. Not saying that I'm them, but I watched them 
do it. And, and a lot of times, and what I try to teach my kids these days, you can use the, the defense's aggressiveness to them. So you got them on your hip, your shoulder. Okay, they think they're going to try to cut you off. Stop, stop short, pop the shot. But but yeah, defense is, is definitely, especially in those in those tournaments where the the court is condensed, which is ideal for a bunch of 29 year old guys. Wink, wink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like me and my boys. Uh, that understand the game. We we shorten the court. We we switch. We we, you know, we we take pride in in uh, in shutting guys down for sure, man. How many Bam Jams have you guys won in a row and or like all around since you guys started doing it? Nothing. I'm keeping track, Shane. Five in a row, uh, eight overall. <laughs> <laughs> but and we're going for our our, our sixth uh, in in the spring. So it's really fun, man. I tell you, just to con- compete and we've. We've linked up uh, with some former Broncos, so it's pretty special. We always try to have four of us out there and just, you know, guys setting you up and spotting up. It's just we, it's fun to play with, with guys, at, for one, at, at a high level at this stage in, in our lives. I mean, most of those guys, they all went and played overseas, so, you know, they, they're retired. They can actually say that. For me, I think because I, I never went um, and, and, you know, went overseas and, Signed a contract or anything like that. When it was, when it was, when I wasn't able to do that for the couple of years, I kind of have the perspective that it was, it was taken away from me, so to speak. And so, now that's what that's my motivation. Just, to, I just want to continue playing the game, you know, for for as long as I can, <laughs> whether that's, you know, city league or or you know, three on three or whatever the case is. I just like to compete. And I'm just a basketball guy, and so when we get out there with my guys, it's it's just it's fun, you know. You get a little crowd and get to compete with these guys that are uh, quite a bit younger than us. But uh, it goes to show that, um, you know, basketball IQ and, and playing smart and, and playing together um, can, can overcome, you know, athleticism um, a lot of times. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, that's, that's crazy you say that because I've been watching you guys. I just – I like to – usually when I'm playing in the tournaments, I mean, I'm not near that level right now, especially now. I mean, maybe about eight years ago I could have competed. But, yeah, we're smaller and we're definitely not there. So we go into the competitive division. We don't go into the elite division. But I watch you guys. I kind of study what you guys do uh, because I enjoy watching – you and the rest of your teammates uh, across the last like five six years specifically and it's insane this this last summer I remember in the in the Bam Jam tournament like they finally had a team that was like not the normal um, you know the the Rory's team it wasn't that one it was the they were big they're some big boys and I was like oh they might they might be able to compete with them but you guys figured out a way you weren't as big as them that was the biggest team I've seen play against you guys and they uh, but you got it done and it's insane that you guys can adapt to that you you learn how to play with each other and you learn you know how to utilize your strengths and you know pretty much attack the weakness of the other team I mean sometimes that's what you got to do is just focus on what you guys are strong at and it's insane that you guys were able to beat them too it's crazy um speaking speaking of Bam Jam man like we talked about it earlier. You said, you know, you were able to travel some cool places at Boise state. You got to go to some cool places, but basketball as a whole, even post collegiate career, you've been able to travel. And one of the things I remember is the spring bam jam tournament for anybody who's listening to this. I've had a, an interview with Vince Hordeman before. So we talked about bam jam and kind of what they do, but there was a time where it was kind of connected with the USA's. It was a qualifier for the USA tournament. And so they were playing by the FIBA rules and you guys, you know, you won it. The, the team that you had at that time. Um, I can't remember outside of Chris, uh, Craig and I can't remember the other guy y'all y'all had. Who was it? Big Kevin. Kevin. Okay. Baker, yeah. Baker. Okay. So it was you four. You guys qualified for the USA tournament and you and you went. Uh, I think it was in Colorado. Um 
but something happened there. You hurt yourself. You, you ended up with a pretty bad injury with the Achilles. But before the injury, I want you to explain that to anybody who's never actually heard of this. It's a three-on-three tournament, FIBA rules. You're going to play in USA. What was that whole experience like? You know, it was it was awesome. It really was. I mean, um, just to give you just a bit of a backstory on that. So we actually went twice. Um, we, we won it two years in a row, and so we went down there. So, And, and I don't know if I'll ever – go back to Colorado Springs and this is why I, I tend to rack up the, the doctor's bills there. So the, the year before the first year we went, played the first night and um, I had played ball at, at the Axiom here in town and I actually got scratched. Um, and then it turned out that that activated underneath someone's fingernail or something. I had this staph infection in my arm and my arm blew up and I, I couldn't move it. I couldn't, so I couldn't play and ultimately I almost lost my arm because I was in the ER there uh, until Thursday, the following the following week. And so that was the first year. So I was like, okay, the second year, I couldn't wait to get back. I was living in Colorado, working for Muscle Farm at the time. My boys come up. Um, you know, they came up. They stayed with me. It was just really good. We were working out at Muscle Farm, ready to go. I was like, okay, this didn't happen last year. It's going, it's going down this year. We got this. First tournament, our first game, uh, we got the dub. Uh, we're battling, you know, competing. I think – that the second game, I freaking, I was going, I, I think I had like 17 or so, 15, 17 going to 20, something like that. Just going to the, the lane and then boom, snap, snap my Achilles. And so it was been a, a really rough, really rough go at, at those tournaments. But, but the experience, I mean, all that aside, um, the Olympic Training Center where, where all the athletes stay there was absolutely un- unbelievable. We stayed in the dorms, a little cottage there. Um, the cafeteria was probably my favorite part since I couldn't really play, but they had, they had these chefs making all these, you know, these meals, very nutritious, uh, you know, focused for the, the, the Olympic athletes. Right. And I mean, some of the other stuff around there was just an amazing facility. You got the weight room. Um, there's wrestlers there. I mean, just a cool, cool experience. Colorado Springs is, is absolutely beautiful, but, uh, yeah, I'm never going back there, man. <laughs> I, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Oh man. But but so, in terms of the rules, like that that speed, it was fun because it was a different level. Something we didn't know when we got there is they do play with the women's ball, which was a bit interesting to adjust to. Um, but our guys, I mean, we we competed. They they have a shot clock, right? And so so it's a twelve second. You have twelve seconds to score. So so the game you go to twenty. Uh, it's uh, the whole game lasts about ten minutes, and then after if the offense scores you can you can press right away and so there's no go take it out check the ball and go so it's a very fast-paced game but i don't know with the, with the women's ball and stuff like that i just i don't know if you're trying to get in shape and, and things of that nature um you know quickly and do some do some cardio that that'd be it but i'd rather i prefer bam jams uh kind of level of playing and the rules they follow yeah the traditional three-on-three stuff not the yeah, it's crazy. I tried to figure. I tried to figure it out myself when I was watching the feeble rules. I'm like, what in the? I mean, it was just a faster paced game. I don't know. I like the traditional style of basketball though, for, especially for three on three. Now, you um, you obviously had your injuries. You mentioned you you had injuries prior to that with your knees. You, you know, the staff infection in the arm, which I did not know, which is insane. Um, then the Achilles. You know, the the mental toughness to get to get back, especially now. I mean, it's not like I don't want to say that. I want to word this the right way, like. I'm not saying you don't have anything to play for. It's not. It's just that you're not at a professional level. You're not at the collegiate level. So, what did it take? Like, what? How did you get through that injury so that you could continue to play and do what you enjoy doing, which is even playing in the rec leagues and stuff like that at a competitive level? You know what, Shane? That's a great question. It's uh, 
it's just part of who I am. I mean, when I, when it happened with my with my uh, Achilles, I was like, okay, I'm, I was 33 at the time, playing for the love of the game. You know, um, it's it was a very expensive recovery. It took about 15 months, and I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, you, you what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? But it comes down to just just the love, man. I think you know, you think about there's people that are in wheelchairs or that can't see or that, you know, only have one arm or whatever the case is. And they, 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 they literally cannot, cannot play. Although there is some wheelchair, you know, leagues like that, but you know, it's, it's, I still, you, you feel blessed, right? So if you can play, then, then why not? And um, just the, it was, it was a, a challenge, you know, I've come, overcome tremendous, tremendous adversity in my life, um, especially losing my, my brother, who's like my hero to cancer when I was 18 and so um in this life man there's there's not much that I don't think I can can handle and, and overcome and, and get through and, and it was a tough one man I was like man I'm just gonna hang him up but I just love the game too much and then um so the the physical therapy was it was a challenge it was like okay we you got to do this because you got to be able to walk and then I just kept with my physical therapy kept my PT and and there's a huge mental aspect to even after you get cleared to play um in your head it's like you're hesitant do i go is my other one going to snap is my you know but i i just i don't live my life in fear and and um i've been able to get back to to being able to play at a decent level you know and it is just for the love of the game i do you know coach coach uh quite a few young men and it's it's what i do for a living now and um i like to be able to go out there and not just tell them what to do but to show them and sometimes you know have to put it on them today i was at the gym with a couple of my eighth grade boys and, and, you know, we're battling and playing. And I think they respect that a, a, a lot more. Um, if, you know, their, their coach, we can vibe and they can relate to them and I can show them. And so it just goes a long ways, man. But, um, you know, I have a daughter uh, that's hooping right now. Hopefully my, my little guy had a son back in September. Hopefully he will be a hooper, but whatever he does, you know, support him. But if he is, I want to be able to, to be healthy and, and be able to, to get out there. And I just love the game, man. That's what it comes down to. Man, I commend you for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, I don't. I don't think people realize the injuries. Like y- you explaining it, it kind of brings back memories for me. I mean, when I tore my shoulder about two and a half years ago. Well, now it's two years ago in November. Had surgery in it, su- surgery for it, and then even when I was cleared, it took about seven months total after physical therapy and everything. I was still terrified to even play hoops because I'm always nervous about it happening. And then I just retore it two months ago playing basketball. And so you just have that. It's it's more. It's cool to hear it from you though. Like you, it's cool to hear it from you because if you love the game, you you battle back because you kind of want to do that. I have the same you know situation here. I have my my son who's two and a half, and while I might not be at the same level as you guys, but I still want him to hoop and I still want to be able to hoop with him. So. Um, I'm going to continue to try to fight back. I don't think people realize how injuries can truly derail you, not only physically but mentally, but it's cool to hear how you got got back from it. So you mentioned now, Book, you talked about coaching these young men and you're coaching the youth. That's how you're giving back. I think it's awesome. I think it's amazing that these the guys from like yourself, you know, you're the, the, the legend here from the Valley. People know you in the, in the basketball world, and now you're, you're making your mark by helping the young the young individuals. I want you to talk about that though. This is an opportunity for you to shed some light. You mentioned coach Kata. I kind of want you to bring this full circle and let us know what you're up to and where we can find you and what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, I mean, I I touched on bodybuilding.com a little bit after I was uh, college and, you know, you, you go into the real world and got your degree, but the following fall, you're not going to practice. So I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, who am I? What do I do? 
You know, what do I do these days? So luckily I, I got a job at bodybuild.com where we're still, you know, fitness oriented, active, you know, cool people, cool industry, things like that. I was there for about five years. And then I, from there I went out to the muscle farm for another five and then some other, um, you know, corporate jobs and things like that. When I, I just realized, man, that like, um, being sitting at a desk, I'm too kind of ADD. I'm too scattered for that. And so I always had, had trained and hooped and, and played and stuff. And, um, a couple summers ago, I was like, you know what, let me just see if I can just go, um, you know, if anyone wants some training, one-on-one stuff, it, it, I, I love it, um, you know, I want to help the kids, whatever. So it started, next level basketball training really started with, with no name, anything like that. I was just going around to parks in the summertime where, you know, I, I didn't have a gym space or anything like that, or some people had a, a court in their house and, and or, you know, in the front yard or whatever the case was, so started training, Um and then word of mouth started getting around and started kind of taking on a life of its own. And then this last January, 2018, I was like, let me just go ahead and do this full time. So um, kind of decided to trade in the nine to five and, um, you know, just started training uh, on an individual basis, which really has a, a niche here in the Valley. Um, you know, I, I like to think I, I specialize. I enjoy coaching the finer points of the game, but, um, you know, have something for, for everyone from a coach as young as, four four or five year olds all, all the way up to you know collegiate and, and guys that are going to play overseas and stuff and every, everything in between boys girls everything and so um i started next level basketball training and uh you know with with, with there's a lot of great camps in the valley and, and team camps and things like that but there's a real niche um a lot of times at those camps you can't get that individual focus and that individual work that you want and so i think parents really appreciate and players really like um what we have going and, and it's just grown and grown and grown and and, uh, and and that's what we're doing from from the training standpoint. And uh, now from the club standpoint, um, you know, I was approached by a group of parents that um, their kids have been playing AAU um, together since since about fifth grade, and um, they kind of want to go a different route in terms of taking a more competitive uh, uh, approach to their their kids' games, and, and their kids are really ready to go there. And so um, had a tryout. Uh, this, this last summer to, to start a club team as well. So we're actually called the Next Level Basketball Academy. So there's the training side, which is, the um, you know, my, my LLC and everything like that. And then we, we have our club. And it's a group of eighth grade boys. Most of them um, are over from kind of the east end, downtown area. Um, but we're kind of spread out all over. And so we've played in, let's see, six tournaments so far. Just got back from Seattle last weekend where we had, we had a really good showing. Um, planning on expanding uh, to four teams next year. I'm not sure that the age groups and got to find some, some awesome coaches to, to help coach these kids up. But, um, but yeah, man, that's really what it, what we have going right now. Coach Kata jumped in, um, helped me kick this thing off the ground. He has such great insight. And that's, I mentioned the lunch earlier. That's, that's really what, what it is. Any situation that I go through, you know, I can go sit down with coach, Hey coach, dealing with this situation or this kid, or how could I handle this shit, that situation better? And, and he's right there. And after that, we went and caught, caught the board game. So um, it's a really great, I think, I would like to think that uh, I'm a player's coach. I've coached for some, or, or played for some coaches that, you know, I didn't really respond well to in terms of their approach to their kids and they're, they're really, or us as, as players, as young men. Um, and I just kind of do the opposite of that. And I think um, players respond well, to that and they 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 see what's going on over here and we're we're just getting started with next level so i'd really like to mimic and and kind of um you know follow on the heels of you know some other great clubs in town which which there's a bunch you know the slam and and hoop dreams who my daughter plays for 
Um, I trust it and really like what they have going on over there. So, um, but I think the more exposure, the more team, quality teams with quality coaches, you know, supportive parents that are willing to invest and, 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 and support and feed their kids hunger for the game. And if we can get it out there, we need to put Idaho on the map from that standpoint. So that's really where my heart's at with this um, in the game, you know, and it, it just, it's like soul food for me that I can still be in the gym. So teaching these kids um, and, and my ultimate goal is to, to have them, you know, succeed and they'd reach their ultimate next level goals, whatever that means to them. It could be, you know, if you're a practice player getting on to the, the second team or second team getting on to the starting, the black team, or which is our top team. And if you're, you know, not on the rotation, you, you want to be a start, you know, whatever the case is for them, or it could be school, you know, which is the most important. You're, you're getting a bunch of B's, let's, let's, let's bump those up. Whatever the case is where it's bigger than ball. And that's what coach Kata taught me. And, and that's what I'm trying to teach these, these young guys. So, um, yeah, man, in a nutshell, that's, that's basically what we got going on. That's so awesome. I think it's so cool what you have going. I, I've had a couple of interviews in the past. One I had with Birdo. A long time ago, I had one with a guy named Adam Rankin, and he's he's in charge of uh, Team Approach, I believe is their name, that, that club. And we talked about club sports, like club basketball, compared to you know AAU and such and what how it's growing in Idaho um, and why it's needed. And I think it's awesome that you're jumping in on it too, because unfortunately Idaho desperately needs that for the development of their players. If they want to, you know, truly get looks and stuff from bigger schools and just, you know, just a different, uh, just a different approach, I guess, than the old school way of doing it. And I think it's great that you're in there because the people respect the players that know what they're doing and the fact that you're in there grinding with your players and you have the reputation, um, I think it's going to continue to grow and it's exactly what we need. So I'm, I'm glad to see that you're jumping in on it, man. It's super cool. Yeah, for sure. And, and book where, where do we find out more about next level, like the training and the club team? Like wh- where can we find information on it? Absolutely, man. So we, we actually got it, got it up and going um, within like a couple weeks, right? This last summer. So our phase two for this, this year is, is to get a website going, but for now it's all on my Instagram, Instagram page with at Booker T neighbors. And then, uh, and then on Facebook, um, you can find our, our homepage is next level basketball Academy. And so and everything you want, all my training stuff is on there on my homepage on, on Facebook. Um, anybody wants to see what the training looks like. I have a full album of, of that. Like I said, we've got something for, for all ages, boys, girls, every level. And so, yeah, um, the more people that are interested, you know, um, the better. And we're just trying to blow this thing up for Idaho for sure. Heck yeah, man. And I'll, I'll leave a link here for the Instagram and the Facebook threads that you just mentioned. And for everybody out there, once again, this is Booker Neighbors Book. I appreciate you joining the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. No doubt. No doubt. And for everybody out there, you know the drill. Make sure to subscribe to the show and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.